All right, the award-winning TMG podcast in three, two. Hello, everybody. This is Tony Barnhart representing uh, the media guides, uh, TMG and TMG.com. We're here today for our weekly TMG podcast where we look at the world of college football, look back at the week that was, and look ahead to what this week is going to be as we enter the second Saturday in November. But before we get started, we want to recognize our sponsor, APBA, A-P-B-A, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. We also want to thank David at Revelation Studios in lovely Mansfield, Texas. All right, boys and girls, let's call the roll. Mr. Blauschen from Sichuan, Mass. Are you with us today? Yes, sir. Right here. All right. And from the great, great city of Chicago, Mr. Herb Gould. Yes, sir. Close to Notre Dame, rising in the rankings. Indeed, they are. And we will definitely talk about that. And from the great state of New Jersey, Mr. Tom Lucci. Mr. Lucci, you with us today? I'm here, Sonny. Looking forward. All right. COVID, COVID permitting, we're going to have football on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Well, that that is what is known as a great segue. And that's what we're going to have here. As we meet together to record this podcast, it is uh, Monday. Uh, excuse me, it's Tuesday. And the word that we're getting out of uh, the Southeastern Conference is not good. I'll quickly go through where we are right now. We'll have a chance to discuss it. But since uh, yesterday and early today, uh, the Auburn and Mississippi State game has already been postponed December 12th. LSU has had an outbreak, and they are down to one quarterback, T.J. Finley. So now the LSU-Alabama game is in jeopardy. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has tested positive. Uh, he will not make the trip unless he gets the Nick Saban protocol. He will not make the trip for Saturday's game uh, at Florida. And Texas A&M has put a hold on their operations. They've had a little bit of a spike. It's supposed to go to Tennessee, and we'll see there. So you put it all together. Fellas, let's start here. Uh, we talked about the possibility. I mean, the SEC has been reasonably – fortunate up until this point they've had to make a couple of adjustments for florida where we've seen games all around them mark let's start with you this uh, this does not look good for the sec no it, it doesn't but like you said it's, it's something that everyone expected to happen and it's happened every other conference uh and they've got to deal with it whether you know this tend to be canceling games because and actual which has started is already canceled games and they have no wiggle room anymore now the SEC is running. They they, they set up December twelfth as, as a like you know a drop-in thing for postponed games, but those games being those days being filled up, so they're running out of room. So yeah, the, 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 I mean Herb, there's Herb, there's no place to. If the LSU Alabama game is postponed, it may have to be canceled because right now there's no place to put it. Uh, with the SEC championship game at the 19th on December 19th, and Florida's playing LSU, an, another game that got postponed on December 12th. So uh, if you're a voter out there and Alabama doesn't play this game, does, what, is, what ultimately, Herb, does that mean? You know, I'm not as concerned about that as people, you know, in other parts. I think that what I hope is that if these things happen and inevitably they will, that hopefully they'll balance out so that, 
you know, you won't have one team or, or a number of teams missing too many games. Alabama misses a game here. Florida misses a game there. You know, as long as it, I, you know, as long as it's sort of relatively close in the number of games played, I think that's what's going to be the key because I'm more concerned about what we see when teams are relatively at full strength and, and you know, what their upsides are. This is just a weird year and, and there's going to have to be adjustments by, you know, AP voters and by the committee when they start their work. Well, I was in, in the conversations I had with the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, throughout the summer, he just said, he, every time we would meet, he would say, this season's going to be different. Everybody's going to have to accept it. They're going to, the people are going to have to move some games. They don't want to move. And the, the, and the other thing is that the selection committee will have a hard job, but they're ultimately their job is to pick the best four teams. I mean, you, you tell me, Tom Lucci, is it, is this an issue for Alabama? Cause if, if the, even if they don't play LSU, they'll probably play Florida and Atlanta. If they win that game, they'll still be uh, undefeated. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. I mean, first of all, uh, think of how far we've come in a year's time, Tony, that Alabama's a 28-point favorite over LSU. That's the first thing. Yep. Second second thing, we've been saying this all along. <clears throat> this is so predictable. People forget we're on a two-week delay. This is all the result of the shenanigans or whatever they did two weeks ago that we're having these, these COVID outbreaks. And the Pac-12 couldn't even start on time with two uh, two games. So I don't know how you're going to factor in all these, some play five, some play seven, eight, you know, some play six. I, I, good luck to the selection committee. I don't know how anybody can be critical of them this year because uh, there's so much imbalance in the number of games that teams are going to play. That, that, that's exactly you know, right. That's exactly you, right. Isn't it? And as, as one athletic director told me, said folks should just, they may be mad, but they're going to have to get over it because we're The idea is to get the games played and played safely. And everything else takes a backseat to that. Yeah. You know, Tony, if I might interject, I mean, this is I know that it's not going to happen from a practical standpoint, but this is a year that really would it would be ideal to go to eight, eight teams this year, because now, you know what? So you put a Pac-12 team in there and if they're not any good, they're going to be gone quickly. You know, Cincinnati, we don't have a frame of reference for the group of five. You know, this would be a great year to experiment. They did it in baseball by expanding their playoffs. I think the NFL, if they haven't done it, there, there's a lot of talk about it going to happen. This would be a perfect year. Uh, you know, so you play another week later into January. Now you've got four terrific New Year's Day games. It, it would make a lot of sense, but I, I, I'm sure that, that it's – it's not something that's going to happen. But we're Let me get... jump in one more thought, Tony. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to make a prediction now. Notre Dame, UNC, on November 27th, will get postponed. And the reason oh. I say that is because you saw the, the mass gathering on the field after the game. I'm not blaming students. This is what college students do. I get it. But for 11,000 fans being there, there should have been better security. And in two weeks, we're going to see the result of this. Notre Dame's already had issues with COVID. They're going to have more. No, I think that's exactly right, and I had that as a topic for us uh, to discuss. But before before we move on, I, I wanted to get to the playoffs and bring in Notre Dame and bring in bring in those things. A couple of uh, rules that our listeners to the podcast need to know about. One is that in the SEC, as the SEC is making their deliberations, 
there are hard and fast rules about what the roster is. For, for example, in the SEC, you must have 53 scholarship players available. Can't do walk-ons, okay? You've got to have 53 scholarships available. Also, you must have at least one quarterback. Well, guess what? LSU's down to one quarterback, T.J. Finley, the true freshman. They don't have any others available. You almost, you also must have seven offensive linemen and four defensive linemen, and that that is ultimately what may catch. Uh, LSU. So we will uh, keep an eye on that. And hey, hey, Luke, you brought this up. You talk about students misbehaving. They have now traced it. The LSU outbreak that we're talking about today stems from, in part, in part, from a Halloween party that the players went to. Yep. Um, so that's that. That just absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, sense, honey. Everybody forgets we're on a, on a basically on a two week delay with this stuff. You know, the Im- impact of these irresponsible actions aren't felt for two weeks, generally. Right. Right. No question. No question. Uh, before I get to the playoffs, because we're going to spend a good chunk of time talking about that. Herb Gould, i got to ask you, uh, is, is, is the marriage between Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan, aren't they going to have to bring in an intervention somewhere? Because it, it's just not working. I mean, they didn't just lose to Indiana. I ended up picking Indiana last week, straight up. Because Indiana's well-coached and Michigan's not. And it... I mean, they didn't just get beat by Indiana. They got dominated by Indiana. What in the world is going to happen there, Herb? Well, you know, I've, I've been wondering about that too, Tony. I mean, I think that the buyout is pretty reasonable because Jim's contract is not it's not that far out at this point. I, I don't know. You know, I'm sure they could find a booster that would write that check anyway. Uh, you know, the other side of that coin, you know, we're seeing this at Penn State, too. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. that's a certifiable disaster area. I was talking to some some people I know who cover Penn State. And, you know, I think the consensus there is that, you know, maybe these coaches, they might be moving on whether you, you know, want them out or not. I, I don't know whether Jim Harbaugh. I don't know whether his where his stock is at from an NFL standpoint. That would be the most logical thing. Uh, the other part is that it's such a weird year. Maybe everybody just sucks it up uh, because you don't have money to do buyouts. No, you don't. And I think ultimately that's going to play unless it just becomes such a miserable situation and both sides are just so miserable. You have to figure out a way to do it. And I don't, I tell you what, I think the Michigan fan base and Jim Harbaugh—they they are not far from being uh, in in that particular place. Let Let's go ahead and now, now that we're in the, we're looking at the second week of November. Remember that the first set of uh, rankings, first set of rankings, come on November the twenty fourth. That's a Tuesday coming up, and it's it, it is going to be incredibly interesting. But where we are right now. What Mark Blashen, what ultimately is the impact of Notre Dame beating Clemson? Are we are we in agreement that if if Clemson beats Notre Dame in Charlotte in the ACC championship game, uh, Notre Dame will still be in the discussion, or will they not be in the discussion? Uh, they'll be in the discussion with an asterisk. I, I think if they lose the game. Uh, in the nature of what Saturday's game was like, a, a one touchdown on an overtime game, yeah, definitely in the discussion. 
if it's a 35 15 or something below like that, then I think and it depends on what the other uh, situation looks like, especially in the SEC where Texas A&M is working there and you have, and you have some other teams that are, that are out there. So I think Notre Dame, with a bad, a bad loss in, 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 you know, in, 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 act, in its last game of the year, that's going to be hurt. There's no time to make it up. So I think they could be in trouble with, with that. But if, if it's a narrow loss, yeah, it's still going to be in the discussion. And shall I point out for all of those who are here that there was another time when Notre Dame beat number one at home. Yes. <laughs> and the next and the next week they lost to Boston College. Mm-hmm. They did. Tom Lucci, who does who does Notre Dame play this week? Yes, they play it's a it's a clash of golden helmets, you know, and uh, much imp- I, I I don't know, Mark would be better to address this. I, I've watched a couple of BC games and, and Jeff Hapley, who I know because he coached the Rutgers, um, has done a great job there. He really has and uh, you know, they, they solved their quarterback problems, but I don't know that they're quite up to Notre Dame's level because uh, of Notre Dame's ability to run the football. And that's what I was most impressed with is, is how Notre Dame ran the football against Clemson. And, and I will say this, Tony, I, this is not um, so after the fact Monday morning quarterback. I thought that Clemson was kind of begging to get beat with or without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, their offensive line is iffy. You know, they have issues on defense. Mm-hmm. They seem to get gas for a lot of big plays. Uh, this is not the vintage Clemson team of the past four or five years. Right. This is just a very good football team, probably still top five, top six. I don't think there's any question about that. But it's not the great Clemson team of, of two years ago. Right. Well, I, I was in, I was impressed with a couple of things from Notre Dame. They ran the ball very effectively. And, you know, when Ian Book plays well and doesn't make – he made one dumb mistake in that game. Uh but if he plays a clean game, Notre Dame's not bad. They're not. They're not bad. And, and I'm sitting here looking at the schedule. Boston College. We talked about. And Luke, Tom Lucci, you talked about that game at North Carolina. Notre Dame at North Carolina. That's got, assuming that game is played. I don't. I just gotta. You know, last year Clemson went to North Carolina and got away with a one point win. That that one might be interesting. Yeah. And they don't don't look past, don't sleep on Wake at the end of the year for them. Wake's not a bad football team. Dave Claus is done. Notre Dame's going through the motions then. Wake can catch him. Absolutely. Well, that's right. And you know, the other one you gotta remember is that BC was up 28-10 at Clemson a couple weeks yep. ago. And, and that's not to say that that we're gonna see that out of Boston College, but it is to say that, as you mentioned, Wake and certainly North Carolina, those are teams that could jump on a flat Notre Dame uh, very easily. And then if, if you don't, you know, bounce back, and especially if Tom's theory about a COVID peril for Notre Dame is true, you know, there, there's a lot of unpredictability in that Notre Dame finish, even though they they played a terrific game on Saturday. Right. Now, well, and guys, this is where Notre Dame, we talked about this at the start of the season, Managed to see what the devil. They they are now a full member of the ACC, which gets them in the ACC championship game. If we had followed a pass, if Notre Dame had played like six or seven, or even eight ACC games, but it remained as an independent, they would have been finished with the ACC, and then would have had no Clemson on, on their radar again until the Final Four. They would have been almost a lock to be, uh, you know, like one or two in a country, and 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 be a part of the Final Four. But now, because they want they wanted the, the ACC um, money and the ACC uh, uh, 
membership, they, they have to that's the gamble they play. And now they, they're facing that gamble. It's, it's a, you know, a deal with the government. Well, that's true. But if they had had a, I'm, I'm not sure what year this is, but if they had had a, a loss at USC or. Uh, oh, well, you know, I, I understand that. Sir. But, right, you know, right. I mean, that, this way they have the insurance of they can lose to Clemson competitively, as you said, and still be very much in that discussion. Without question. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 just one of the little 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 side sidebar things that they when they made that deal. That was the, the big thing. And beating Clemson twice. I don't think any team beating Clemson twice in one year season right. is a huge pass for any team. All right, all right, all right. This is this is the time of year when we we start to play what if. What if? And there's a there's a bunch of what if scenarios as I look at the playoffs. But this is this is the one I want to ask you guys about. At least one of the ones I want to ask you about. Uh, Alabama wins out, gets to the SEC championship game. We figure that Ohio State's if I, if Ohio if Ohio let me ask the group if Ohio State is eight no the Big Ten champions is there any doubt that they are in the playoffs? Tom Luke, no doubt. No doubt. No they, doubt. They, you know, they they might even be, depending on what Alabama does, they might even be the two seeds. So, I, no, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So let, let's begin with the assumption that Ohio State will be there. We get down to the Ohio State will be there. The ACC champion will be there. The SEC champion will be there. But here's my question to the group. We get to that point, Florida, who's playing really well right now, they get to Atlanta and they beat Alabama. And they are the SEC champions at eleven and one. Alabama will have just lost their only game after being number one, probably down the stretch. Assu- assuming that uh, the ACC champion is in, the Big Ten champion is in, Florida is the SEC champion is in. Now your choices for the fourth spot, which is going to be the mother of all arguments. Here are your choices for the fourth spot. 11-1, Alabama. 10-0, 11-0, Cincinnati. 9-1, Texas A&M. 7-0, Oregon. 10-0, BYU. And maybe 10-1, Notre Dame, if Clemson wins the. Who are you going to take at number one? Let let me repeat that. We're going to assume that Florida is in as the SEC champion, that Clemson is in as the ACC champion, that Ohio State is in as the Big Ten champion. And we're looking for a fourth team. And for that fourth team, you've got 11-1 Alabama, 10-1 Notre Dame, 7-0 Oregon, 11-0 Cincinnati, 10-0 BYU, (laughs) 9-1 Texas A&M. Mark Blaschen, who's number four? Well, I I think, first of all, I I think they did It'll take a lot for Cincinnati or BYU to get to get in the mix. I mean, it'll take it'll take some some lock save scores in the, in the last few weeks. I think they're outsiders at best right now. Now, getting to the nitty gritty, everyone assumes that if Alabama loses to Florida, you know Alabama will get that spot. But here's the scenario you haven't brought up, Tony. What happens? What happens if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, but it's like say by a touchdown or in overtime? And Florida, for whatever reason, beats Alabama forty-eight to three, one basically a one-sided loss. Then, then I think Alabama's spot is in jeopardy. I, I don't think that you can, or not assume Alabama will get that spot. I think Notre Dame will 
we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get get a, a look at that spot. Uh, you know, and, and then you even bring in the, the, the Pac-12 uh, teams. Uh, you know, BYU and Cincinnati. I, I think I said we need some some other major earthquakes to happen before they get involved in the Final Four mix. Well, well, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Herb. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I think Blau is exactly right. It it, it really is, would come down to, in that scenario, Alabama versus Notre Dame, and then it would depend on how competitive those two teams were. If they were equally competitive in their losses, the nod goes to Alabama because that's the way the committee thinks. Uh but again, this is why an eight-team playoff would just be a perfect ending to this season. Yeah, I was going to say, if Mark really believes that uh, Florida is going to beat Alabama 48-3, to I think you can tell that pot is legal in Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I don't know. That's the first thing. I'm saying this. Secondly, Tony, A&M gets thrown out of this mix because they have a lot, they've lost Alabama. So head-to-head, right. when they both have a loss. So they're out. So scratch their line. BYU's schedule is not good enough, you, you know, and, and Cincinnati is going to take a lot of um, really a, a lot of support, ground swallow support to get in even at 11-0. So really you're talking about 11-1 Alabama, 10-1 Notre Dame and the Pac-12 champion, whether that's Oregon or USC. So it's really in my mind, it's three for one and then you're splitting hairs. So that's going to be a tough decision. It will be a tough decision. So we're, uh, we're so Mark Blauson, you you have talked to Michael Resco, the uh, the uh, commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, a bunch. Yep. He's he's been making the case for Cincinnati, uh, the way that Cincinnati just utterly destroyed Memphis, who's pretty good football team. Mark, Mark what is it going to take to get an 11-0 Cincinnati? With their defense is good. What is it going to take to get Cincinnati in? Well, it's going to take, like you said, it's going to take an 11 11-0 Cincinnati that has just not only beaten Central Florida decisively in, at Central Florida, but then won his championship game uh, against whoever that is. Maybe, you know, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe you know, rematch with SMU or something like that. That'll take that. But then it's going to take poor performances in championship games by the losers mm-hmm. of, of the SEC, you know, uh, and and the and ACC championship game, I think one side of the losses by both of those teams, then Cincinnati gets into discussion. Like Alabama beats Florida by a bunch. No, uh, uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame by a bunch. And then Cincinnati's, uh, Cincinnati's in a discussion. Yes. Right. Right. I, I was going to say, I still think Tony the Pac-12 champion, if unbeaten, will will get the edge over Cincinnati. That's yeah. That's true. Luch, the, the thing about thing about that is, <coughs> if you're talking about a team, let me make sure because I, I always get this confused. So let, all right, let, let's go to Oregon. Oregon is playing Stanford, Washington State, UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, and Washington, and then the conference championship game. So that's one, two, three, four, five. So the best Oregon can do is seven and up, right? Against that schedule, I just don't know that being the Pac-12 champion is going to carry that much weight. I could be wrong, but can, all I know is if, if you leave out a Cincinnati or you leave out a 9-1 Texas A&M for the Pac-12 champion after all they've been through, eh, I don't know. Um, no, I listen, I understand. My, I, again, 
my problem all along with Cincinnati, and because you brought it up with Oregon, is the schedule. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's just not the you know. You look at the first couple of games and three games, and they're you know they're all teams they should be. Listen, here's the other thing: they do need to be win at Central Florida, and people again, let's not sleep on a team. They finish at Tulsa. Tulsa's a sneaky yeah. good football team. Yeah, they are. You know, they're the, the only other undefeated team in the AAC. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, listen, that would enhance their credentials and their resume, in my mind, if they handled both uh, Central Florida and Tulsa on the road. And then I could give much more weight to them being unbeaten versus the Pac-12 champion. I agree. Yeah, and, you know, I think that if ever there was a year to really look hard at a Cincinnati, this is it. Not only because of all the turmoil, but that league, I mean, we've all seen more of it this year. And not only Tulsa, but SMU and Memphis are – those are those are pretty capable teams. I mean, Houston. I, I have more respect for the American Conference this year than I can ever remember. Uh, and that you know that bo- that boys what I think about Cincinnati. And they're just you know, and they pass the eye test. That's an awfully good looking team. Yeah, and guys, and look where Cincinnati is in, in, in the rankings right now. Cincinnati is what, what six in the, in the, in the six. rankings. And, and, and and USC and, and and Oregon aren't even on the radar right now. So so if Cincinnati finishes, finishes up undefeated, with with Schwarman, they're not going to drop more than six, and they're going to be right six at five. They're going to be six five, and which means someone's got the leapfrog over them, which is going to be interesting. You you know, Mark Blaston, as I sit here and look uh, at Cincinnati, you talk to Michael Resco, uh, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, a lot. He's pushing Cincinnati because. They've got a great defense. Uh, I mean, Luke Fickle has done an incredible job. But in your mind, what is it going to take for a team like Cincinnati to get one of those four spots? Well, I think they have to win every every game they play the rest of the year impressively. You know, I mean, double digits, road uh, games against Central Florida and, and Tulsa, and then the championship game. And they have to have someone to stumble in the championship games of of the ACC and, 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 and the SEC. If, if that happens, then I think Cincinnati is right there. And, and the fact that they're ranked, I think, seventh in the country uh, gives them, a, gives them a, a, a place at the table if, if there's a stumble by the other team. So I think that's – it's not an impossible situation, but it's, it's – but it's, I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it, but it can be done. Well, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about that. Again, the first set of rankings from the playoff committee come on November 24th. The final standings, if – we stay on schedule uh, are released on December 20th. So we're going to have a lot of time to talk about that. Hey, Tony, when we're wrapping up, let me, how about if I throw a question at you? Since this is sure. probably in your wheelhouse. All right. Has sure. Hugh Freeze found redemption? Uh, I think he has, particularly if your offense is not very good. There seems to be a lot of redemption for guys who can call ball plays. Uh, I talked to Hugh Freeze a couple of weeks ago, did a piece for TMG, and uh, – he loves where he is. He's making $2 million a year as the head coach at Liberty. They've got more money. they they got like a $25 million football complex and all that. Somebody in the SEC is going to bring him is going to bring him back. They tried – Nick Saban tried to bring him back a couple of years ago, but Ole Miss was still on double-secret probation, and they thought it would be a bad look for him to be coaching in the league when the team he left, Ole Miss uh, – was still serving out of punishment, uh, but yeah, he's he's done a lot of he's done a lot of media, and uh, he is he is trying to find redemption. I think he will. 
I think he'll end up back in the SEC. It's a remarkable story. Oh, it, it really is. So you don't, you don't usually get a second chance when you when it, you know, a combination of personal infidelities and NCAA issues, and you usually don't get a chance to come back from that. So I, I, yeah. I listen, and that game they won over Texas uh, Virginia Tech over the weekend was as crazy as it gets. And now they're they're seven and zero. They still got NC State to play. They still got Coastal Carolina to play. Uh, when I talked to T. Freeze, he said, "Why in the world did I schedule them?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> moly, they're good. Yeah. They're good. Well, for, before we get out of here, guys, let me throw a couple of games at you for the weekend. It's a, it's an okay slate. You know, we talked about Notre Dame at Boston College. Uh, Mark Glasson, your alma mater is going to Virginia Tech, who's coming off that loss. Virginia Tech is still in the hunt in the ACC. What uh, what are you seeing there? I think it's dangerous to Miami. Uh, although I'm, I'm I'm baffled again by the by the boys in Vegas. Uh, Virginia Tech is a two point favorite. Over, you know, but, uh, I guess a team that just I mean that just lost to Liberty. You know, I mean, uh, I mean so uh, again, we'll see. I, I think it's dangerous at, in Blacksburg, even though the crowd is, is is not there. I mean, it's it's, it's Blacksburg in Miami has has not performed well there in, in the past. So I think just dangerous Miami. Well, here, here's a game that absolutely fascinates me, Herb Gould, as our Big Ten guy. Indiana going to Michigan State only because of where the game falls. Indiana's got a better team than Michigan State. They've, they've gotten impressed. But to come, they've already beaten Penn State. They're coming off of snapping what it was, a 24-year, 27-year losing streak to Michigan. And now they go to Michigan State who has beaten Michigan uh, earlier this year. What do you think Indiana at Michigan State? Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point, Tony, because Indiana, I mean, that's sort of shaping up as with Penn State and Michigan on the rocks, the the Indiana-Ohio State game is looming large down the road. And unless Michigan State, which, as you pointed out, played so well at home against Michigan, I would expect that Indiana is very – balanced and solid and will handle it, uh, especially, you know, Michigan State was just very underwhelming at Iowa over the weekend. I don't think it'll be uh, much of a game in that. I mean, I, I think Indiana will, will handle it, you know, and then just, you know, down the road over in Ann Arbor, Wisconsin at Michigan, that's the ABC night game. Um, and that's going to be real interesting, too, because as down as Michigan is, you how long are they going to, you know, let people take their lunch money, as Ron Zook used to tell us? And Wisconsin coming off a two-week hiatus for COVID, and I, I haven't looked closely yet at exactly who's going to be out there for them. But, you know, that's a pretty big game, too, if you think that Wisconsin can still be in the hunt for postseason things, it being down two games. So, you know, both of those games in Michigan are, are, are really looming large. Well, it should be fun. Well, that's a good spot for us to end. Gentlemen, it is always a pleasure being with you. And before we leave, we want to, again, thank our sponsor, APBA, APBA, the Unchallenged King of Realistic High-Quality Sports Simulations. We also want to thank David at Revelation Studios in Mansfield, Texas. Men, we'll all get together and do it again soon. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Be safe out there. Uh, and we hey, Tony, before we go? I have yes, to sir. No. Rutgers is a favorite in a Big Ten game for the first time ever. Great stat. I love that. How about that? that? 
How about that? How about that, Greg Schiano, you can come home again. My goodness gracious. All right, folks, it has been a pleasure to be with you. Please join us next week. And for Tony Barnhart, Mark Blauschen, Tom Lucci, and Herb Gould, uh, we sign off. And just remember, carry on. <laughs>